podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strutty Cast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by John Shields, the Chief Executive of Manchester United Foundation. The Foundation has committed £1 million into the Greater Manchester community and beyond over the past few weeks to support families and young people with whom they usually work with on a daily basis. These include partner schools, of course, frontline staff and, and children who are, are vulnerable. They've donated £300,000 to the foundation's partner schools and colleges to help them support families in terms of delivering food, IT equipment and also helping children with special needs. They've donated 240000 to supporters clubs. The sports club will then go and find a youth charity to help during this COVID-19 pandemic which is affecting everyone across the world. They've supplied 60,000 meals to the NHS donated and supported food deliveries to food banks, provided care packages to primary schools to help young children and people that just need it most. It's it's a warm gesture from the club and they deserve a lot of respect for it and that's why I wanted to have John on just for a quick chat to, to speak to him and, and get his thoughts on what the club are doing and he mentions that the foundation is, is run by fans and and there's certain initiatives in which you listeners can, can, can help out as well. The, the main focus of what they've been doing is to help vulnerable families and young people which they usually work with from a day-to-day basis they need our support more than ever and i suppose these are also people that support manchester united so really good effort from the club i think in a, in a time where people are, are can be quite negative towards manchester united especially in the past few years i think it's nice to see something like this being put together and the work that they're doing so i hope you enjoyed the conversation with john i really appreciate the fact that he gave us the time to, to do this quick interview and to shine light on the work that they're doing because they look you, you know from speaking you you know from listening to to John that he he he's worked off his socks at the moment um and and he he doesn't he doesn't have any problem with that he's happy doing it because he he wants to help people so yeah sit back and, and enjoy thank you I wanted to speak to you today about basically the great work Manchester United have been doing during this pandemic I think United fans in general can stand proud. With the work has been done, we see the figures, we see the amount of people you're helping, and I think you go back to January really, and I think there was the, or even before then, start of the season when things weren't going great in the pitch and people were angry. At the moment, everyone's very proud of Manchester United. I think the work you've done during the pandemic has been just exceptional, really. I have a few questions here, like the three hundred thousand pound, in which was sent to partner schools to help with food, toiletries, IT equipment. And to help with two with kids with special needs. These these are kids, I suppose you you work on a daily basis before the pandemic. How has this been received, I suppose, with the partner schools? Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, you know, we've been going a long time, and um, you know, foundation's been going for thirteen years, and we are, I think, we're good at what we do. I think I think it's it's not cosmetic what we do; it's real. 
it's real nitty gritty charity work. So part part of what we do on a daily basis, we we have our officers in those partner schools, and the partner schools are in some of the most challenging areas of Greater Manchester. And and it was challenging pre-COVID, you know. So one in three young kids live on or below the poverty line in in Manchester. I think as well, so, you, you mentioned this to help with schools, and I want to touch on that. People think, you know, kids go to school and they, and they get their education. But for a lot of kids, school is also a place for shelter and a place for, for food. Do um, you know, yeah. this, this, this work goes a long way, John. Well, the, the, you know, as I say, we were there before, and a lot of the kids we work with are on free school meals. So that is, ensures that they get a meal during the day. A lot of the schools we're working also do breakfast. So it means that kids can have breakfast and dinner. Now, obviously, if they're out of school and they're not having that food, it's a basic need. It's a basic right. So what we decided to very, very quickly was to get our schools know the most vulnerable young people and families in their community because they go to their school. So we had to move really quickly. And, you know, things like electricity. If you've got no power, you can't do anything. If you're not eating, you can't do anything. If you can't access, you know, IT, you can't do anything. You know, and then we had a lovely article um, which was covered by the BBC around some of our special schools work, you know, and they have special needs. So, you know, to one, you know, the most heartwarming was where a Down syndrome daughter, the mum had the virus. And luckily, in that period, we were able to get a creative art set to her. And for three days, she entertained herself while her mum recovered. Now, without you know, a piece of paper, bit of paper, and got it, you couldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think speaking from my own circumstances, my little brother um, was diagnosed with autism. And I think w- with education, right. it, it's important that he, you know, he, he sticks to his schedule. And with the breaks of school yeah. now here in Ireland, it's been about two months he's been in school. But thankfully, my mum is fantastic in terms of doing a daily yeah. kind of schedule together. And he, he's staying on top of things. And, you know, he, with coronavirus, it's, it's affected everyone, but it's affected different people in different ways, depending on your circumstances. But a bit more on, on, on food and, and the, the, the work the Club Foundation has done. With that, the, the food banks, obviously when you go to, to matches, when matches when fans were allowed at games, there was, there's always a food bank outside the, the most office just, just down from Old Trafford. I believe Manchester United Foundation and, and Man City, was there a collaboration of some sort to, to, to make? At the start, um, at the start of it, both clubs put to 50 grand each and mm. they, that, that was the start. So that was a, a United City initiative. Mm. Um, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. There's, there's 171 food banks in Greater Manchester pre-covid um you know post-covid where the poverty the unemployment is gonna go out you know go through the through the sky um there's gonna be more need so there wasn't enough so we we were you know we're in a good position because we did the legends game last year and we raised 1.9 million with our fans with our fans you know we have the best fans in the world without any shadow of a doubt you know, the support that they give us. And then, and then in return, this foundation is the Fans Foundation. Manchester United Fans Foundation. Mm. So, um, you know, so we couldn't have had it. So with, together with trustees, you know, and the club, 
we decided that we would spend a million of that and that's what we've gone about and you know the the irony is when we went down to the mustard tree which is one of the food banks we held they said they too are at a really low ebb because they'd run out of money and then Manchester United Foundation come and give them money and it they said as well as giving them money it gave them a, a newfound strength and confidence and motivation United thought they were important enough to go and support them yeah, it's you know, brilliant. Really, really good for a club to do that. You know, a lot of people kind of talk about the community aspect of football nowadays and not just Manchester United, but modern football and, and the bigger clubs, is, they feel it's kind of a, a distance. I think this proves otherwise. This proves that at a time of need, Manchester United, the big joint that it is and the foundation in which the fans are running, they've come together. And just, just on that, I, I, I was speaking to to one of your colleagues about more initiatives that, that may be in the future. But does, isn't there a way that now fans can help raise money as well through, through donations? Yeah, well, we had, that's always, there's always a possibility there. You know, that's, that's, um, that's, that's an open book for us because, you know, the work we do, we could always do more if we had more money. That's, that's how charities work. Um, we, we are doing an initiative with supporters clubs around the world whereby we've gone to our support clubs. There's 240 around the world, a lot over, obviously, in Ireland. I was speaking um, to Brian gone... Murphy from the Limerick one. He was telling me that he, he got his donation for charity as well. Yeah, well, the idea is we, we, we would give £500 for the, local, for the supporters clubs to give to a local children's charity because you know, we are a children's charity. We, mm. we only deal in Greater Manchester, but children around the world are affected by this. And the idea was to, and we've given, um, you know, we've given those supporters clubs, we're going to give them a shirt to raffle off as well. And, we're, and later down the line, we're going to do a massive quiz, which can raise money. But the idea is if they raise up to a thousand, we'll cover it. And then that goes to their local children's charity. And we're hoping that, our fans around the world then adopt a children's charity on their own back backyard so that they can help the children of their community. So Manchester United Foundation are helping children all around the world, even though we're not, it's, it's through our fans that we're doing it. But like I say, I think as adults, we've found this a little bit surreal. If we're not careful, we've got to be careful. We've got to look after our children. They're, they're tomorrow. They're the, the future. future. We have yeah. to look after them. No. You mentioned all the, the donations to children and food banks. Do you, giving something back to the, the frontline workers, you know, we, we, it's important we give something back. And I think and I mentioned being proud of, of the way Manchester United have dealt with this pandemic. 60,000 meals sent to frontline workers at the NHS. You know, covering all bases here, not just helping the most vulnerable, but helping the people that basically are, are helping us. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they deserve so much credit. Well, we've got, um, so we have a first team squad of 30 odd and a professional football t- uh, squad of 50 odd. You know, they're our first team. So the rest of us work as hard as we possibly can to support and, and, and work hard to get the best first team on the pitch. During COVID, our first team were the frontline workers. And we had to get the first team up and ready and performing as best they can. And I have to say, and the story behind that is we decided to do it. And then, God bless them, 80 volunteers, staff, casual, full-time volunteers in the club, 
got up at five o'clock for a month and 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 cooked and prepared and packed those meals for a month, five o'clock till you know twelve hour shifts volunteering. I just I just think it's bloody amazing. Gives you some hope in, into humanity, doesn't it? With times like this where there's a, there's a lot of hate in the world. When you see people working really, really hard on a voluntary basis, as you say, waking up at five o'clock in the morning, 12-hour shifts to help the frontline workers and providing meals, and not only that, but the donations too. It, it, it really is incredible. We have to mention too the, some of the first-team players of Manchester United who have done yeah. incredible work. Marcus Rashford, and Harry Maguire. If you if you check out Strategy News too, we did an exclusive with Rashford this week. Now, Leah right. Smith, Leah Smith, who wrote the article, reached out to, to Rashford on a wink. She didn't think she, he'd get back to her, but she just asked, could, "Could we get a few questions on your work with, with charity? Help out a United blog, independent fan side, by giving us three answers." And he did that willingly. And I think that goes to show the kind of during this pandemic, Rashford has really reached out to the to the Manchester community, um, and you show like. This is a global superstar, but at the heart yeah. of it, he's a humble human being too. Well, you know, in, time, in times of adversity, the real, the real leaders come to the fore, stand up and be counted. And, you know, you, know, you brought up about the food bank. I think we're going to try and work with Must and to see, how, see how we can get that food bank huge. Because, you know, if there's 70... 5,000 people coming to a game and they all bought one item, that's enough to keep a 1,000 families going. Yeah. I think that's an important so message think, too. Yeah, I think if, if, we, if we can, and most of us can, and, and I, I agree with you, there is some hate in the world, but there's more good in the world. There's a lot more good people in the world than there are not good people. If we all do what we can do, which is a little bit, if we all do a little bit, then then we can smash this. But it's when, when you know, and then, and then those who can do more should do more. They should do what they can do. And that might be in terms of doing a donation or if they haven't got money, they can give time. Mm. You know, they can go and help people and, and be kind to people. And, and, and it's just, you know, it, it's, it's at times like this when it does restore your faith in human nature. Because we are good, you know. And we've all, we've all, if we're fit and healthy, we, we have to help those that aren't. You know, if we've got a few bob, we have to help those that haven't. That's, that's how it should work, really. Absolutely. I, I see the phrase a lot too, getting back to normality. And I, I do, I personally believe we're, we're, we're some way off that yet, but it, it's, it's nice that we have football coming back next week. You know, you're playing Spurs away. But yeah. Games are still held behind closed doors. There's still a COVID-19 spread going on. Numbers are still very high in the UK. The work on which yeah. you, you've done thus far, I'm sure that's going to continue now till the end of the season or until COVID-19 is, I suppose. Well, big... we, we um, because, because we were there before, we've stood up and be counted whilst during, and we'll definitely be there after. So for me, you know, we're planning... COVID-19 to 24 because the new normal, I don't think it'll revert back to, no. but you know, because we deal with kids, you know, there's a five year block there. So, you know, I, I think children will be really affected by this and, you know, things like with our kids, they're going to have to try and catch up because a lot of them have had three months off, <laughs> 
you know, where, where they've not done any work or, and catching up is important. And the poverty gap will be greater. It will increase. And we have to go back into those neighborhoods and get them back on track and give them a, you know, restore a little bit of hope and, and put some aspiration into them. Um, Cause if the, if we just lay down and take it, it's not, it's not a good picture for them. We've no. got to go in and really use, you know, the club's belief in youth, which is demonstrated on the field and off the field without the work we do with young people. We've got to demonstrate that to the highest level we've ever done it. I've never been busier than over this period. And it's been, you know, I, I, I don't consider this a job. This is, this is my life. And I, I don't consider I work. Mate, this last 12 weeks has been hard. <laughs> You're a credit, really... John. John, you really are a credit. And, and Manchester United are a credit as well with all the work they've done. You, there was a collaboration too with Bear Grylls and which yeah. schools were sent packages and, and some of his books, one or two of his books. Tell yeah. us how that came about. Because Bear Grylls is, is, is a pretty big name. I'm not sure he's a Manchester United fan, but, but it's, a, it's yeah. a big name to get along. Well, we've just... Um... All right, we've just signed uh, the first sporting organisation to sign a partnership with the Scouts. Okay. So that came just before COVID because, again, that's 400,000 young people around the country where we think we can help. So we just signed that. And then it, was, it, it actually came from one of our trustees, Ginny Buckley, who, you know, again, we have great trustees, the great supporters of what we do. And she said, well, we should, we should be getting them some books in these activity packs. She phoned up Bonnier Publishing who happened to have Bear Grylls as one of their authors. And, um, you know, she phoned them up and they were more than happy to donate a thousand books that went into our activity packs. You know, we never knew that that was happening. Then obviously Bear Grylls is all about survival. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it's about urban survival, which is Mm -hmm. what our kids were, but just getting them something to read, something to interest. I think the important thing with Bear Grylls, forget about, his his shows and what he does and his sense of survival but there's also a sense of he has to kind of think outside the box and think independently and i think a lot of people a lot of a lot of kids nowadays and i'm going to put myself into that category that sometimes we can't really think for ourselves and we almost were wrapped in in, in cotton wool and we need help so i think a book like that is quite clever for for kids to to kind of broaden their their minds a bit and doing stuff themselves you know books are books are great kids need to be reading books yeah, definitely. The um, you know the the big buzzword around everything is resilience, which mm. obviously Bear Grylls has in abundance. But you you are right in suggesting that probably a lot of our younger generations have been cobbled. We don't take as many risks as we used to. We you know, but that's where you learn to be resilient. Actually, yeah. you know. A, a, a failure is not a failure. It's a golden opportunity to learn and get bigger and stronger. And then the next time you try something, you'll be better at doing it. And that's yeah. what resilience is, bouncing back. Um, and, you know, a, a really sobering thought um, around all this is, and I, I heard it from a teaching friend, colleague the other day, where, you know, Children who are really challenged, they have what they call adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. And they say, you know, those people who, who clock them up are at most of risk of bad health, you know, 
falling into the wrong crowds, imprisonment, you know, ill health, you know, and, and whatever. But obviously now, every single child in the world has had one of those. Yeah. This has yeah. been an adverse childhood experience that we won't really know, you know, for those who haven't got a voice. And that's one of the major things we're going to do when we get back into schools is have platforms to talk to kids and say, you know, how did you cope? You know, where are you at the moment? How can we help you get better? And, and you know, but, but we're, we're just now working on a campaign going into schools in September. You know, there's, there's a, a real mental health issue that's going to be around adults and children. That was there pre-COVID. It was, we're on, we're just on the cusp of that becoming an epidemic in itself, let alone COVID. Really. But we're, we're, we only deal in positivity. So we'll, we'll look at it at the glass half full rather than the glass half empty. I, th- I think we, we mentioned this in the podcast a few weeks ago, talking about mental health and talking about it, coming out and, 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 and expressing how you feel and, and people basically feeling comfortable in doing so. And I, I said it on the podcast maybe five or six years ago, you didn't really see podcasts or YouTube shows or radio shows with people coming out openly speaking about it. And we are getting better at it. But I think you mentioned it importantly, this COVID-19 and people being in lockdown, certain people not leaving, not being able to leave their homes because they're so cautious of the fact that, they, that this, this is spreading. The mental health is going to be under a lot of strain with a lot of people in the aftermath of this. And I think it's really important too. And I'm delighted you, you, you touched on it because big clubs like Manchester United have to make this, they have to stand out and, and, and lead by example. I mentioned that in the blog when, when I seen you were doing all this fantastic work, that that's what Man United were doing. They were one of the biggest football establishments in the world and they need to be leading by the front. Um, and I don't like speaking on behalf of Manchester United fans because there's so many of us. So what I will yeah. say on behalf of, of Strati News, you're an absolute credit to clubs and absolute credit for the work you've done. I think um, just just keep doing what you're doing. It's it's brilliant, it's brilliant for the community, not just for, not just talking about Manchester United's image, but you mentioned the young people. They are the future, and if we ha- if we can help them, yeah. who can we help? No, it's real. It's real. You know, Manchester United Foundation is real. It's not. It's not part of the club's marketing. It's not a cosmetic piece on the end of it. Yeah. You know, and I have to. You know, Richard Arnold in particular, who obviously is one of the bosses of, of, of the club, he is very authentic in what he wants the foundation to be. And he helps us as much. He's our chair of, as chair of trustees. He's done a fantastic job, you know, since becoming that in making sure that we are bigger, we are better, we are more part of the club. Um, you know, it's, you know, the connectivity that this club brings hopefully will help all our fans because that, you know, one of the major issues of mental health is isolation. Yeah. And the fact that we've got a shared love, shared values, shared stories, being able to belong to something, you know, it's made me very, very proud. I've been around the club a long time, a long, long time. Um, and this period is probably the proudest I've ever been in being associated with it. John, when did you start working with the club? I have been working with Sir Bobby for 41 years. You've surpassed, so you've surpassed I, the great Sir Alex Ferguson. 
Well, uh, I wouldn't. I would never put that phrase. <laughs> you said that I most of that day. There is no way. I I walk in his, his footsteps. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I've I've been very blessed in in my life that you know doing something that I love so much with people I love so much for a club I love so much. You know, he's, he's um, I've been very blessed. John, thanks so much for speaking to the Stratocast today. And people need to check out Manchester United Foundation. As John mentioned, it's it it, it it's the fans. It's the fans. You mentioned that there's there's no kind of there's no PR on what you're doing right now. You're helping the local community, helping the kids, and 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 they need help right now. Thanks for your time this morning. Really enjoyed speaking to you, and I wish you all the best for the future, John. All I would say, Dale, is because I have said this, because we had quite a bit of media coverage, which is great. Come back, come back and see us. In normal times. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and avoid that. It's in normal times because, you know, life goes on for us. This is this is just this is just the start, really. Thanks so much, John. I'll speak to you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.